Welcome to the Type Slay podcast, the show that is for women by women. Type Slay is meant for any woman who is looking to unlock their potential, needs motivation, or is just looking to find a community of like-minded Type Slay women. I'm Jane Dufresne. And I'm Carly Bell. And today on the Type Slay podcast, I am interviewing our very own Carly Bell. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about her 10 tips for starting a business. Carly has been in business for herself for over five years, and her revenue has doubled every year that she's been in business. So as many of you know from listening to the very first podcast, we met a couple of years ago. She totally turned the brand of our office park around and has done wonderful things. I recommend her all over town. And I have never started my own business, so I'm super curious to hear all about Carly's tips for how she's become so successful. So hey, Carly. Thank you. Quite the introduction. I appreciate it. You are very welcome. So tell everyone again the name of your business Mm -hmm. and maybe the first name of your business. Yes. So the name of the business is Bellray Marketing, and we are a full-service digital marketing company. And we specialize in everything from website design, SEO, to branding, marketing strategy, social media, content creation with video and photography, you name it, we try to be a full service solution to really provide a seamless experience for our clients. So Carly, why did you start your own business? So I knew that I wanted to start my own business around 2012. Which So I graduated from college in 2011. Wow, okay. And it had never been on my radar to ever be in business. I never envisioned myself as a businesswoman mm-hmm. at all. Um, but the company that I was working for, they had been working with a marketing consultant for several years. Her name was Cindy. And she became a really big mentor in my life and a really big source of inspiration. And... I saw what she was doing and I thought it was so fascinating how like every day was different for her. She worked with all these different clients. She had flexibility in her schedule. She could also stay at home with her children when Mm -hmm. needed. And, you know, I knew that in 2012, I obviously did not have any experience that I needed to start a business, but the seed was planted very, very early on that that was a type of lifestyle that I wanted to pursue for myself. Um, But ultimately, what really fuels me and continues to fuel me today is the impact that we can have on the lives of so many people. Because it's not just about marketing and helping the business owner achieve their level of success, right? Like, it's so much more than that. So, Sure, the business and the business owners are going to benefit, but also their employees. If we're bringing in more business and helping their business grow, now their employees have more opportunities within the company Mm -hmm. to be promoted from within. Mm -hmm. There's new job opportunities, Mm -hmm. which is great for the local economy in general. And then, you know, we are selective with who we work with, and we want to work with you know, businesses with a lot of integrity, with similar shared values, so that we feel really good promoting this product or service out into the community and getting good people with good businesses out in front of potential clients and customers. 
I want to get into your tips, but I have so many questions for you. So I'm not sure how you want to you want to take the direction of the <laughs> the episode. But maybe we'll just start with maybe your number one tip or your first tip, and then I will kind of weave in some of my questions throughout that. Sure. So, um, my first tip, and so also just I just want to kind of set the tone here for all of our listeners because I think there's different periods of life when you can start a business and different, some people have certain advantages than others. So just to paint a picture, um, I was 27 or 28 when I started the business. I did not have any children. I was not married. Um, I also come from a working class family. My parents have always worked very hard. I have never seen anyone in my family take a handout or you know, every, everyone in our family has worked really hard for everything okay. that they've ever gotten. Um, I think, who was it? Like Donald Trump was like, yeah, I started my first business with a $1 million loan from my daddy. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the case here. So <laughs> I just want to preface that for all of our listeners. You know, that was not the case for me whatsoever. So my first tip is that you are never going to feel 100% ready. And which means I'll never start a business because I have to always feel 150% ready. So you, if you wait to feel exactly what you just said, if you wait until you feel 100% ready, you're never going to start. Okay, great tip. You also have to like trust your knowing, like you have to kind of sit with yourself and, you know, take a calculated risk, you know, because. I'm not saying, you know, the first time that you think, oh, I want to start a business, you know, if I would have done that in 2012, there's no way I don't think that I would be where I'm at today. So you're never going to feel ready. You have to trust your knowing. And there was plenty of times when I decided, you know, from 2012 to 2017, where I was fed up with where I was working at the time. And, and, you know, I wanted to throw in the towel and quit. But ultimately, I knew that there was so much more that I had to learn mm-hmm. and grow. And, you know, I had to kind of stay put and, and do the work and learn to set myself up for success. But don't let the fear consume you. You have to do it afraid. Just like all the right. all the other times we've talked about that. Like the public speaking, this is no different. You have to do it afraid. And nobody has it all figured out. Everybody, when they're starting out doesn't know what they're doing. You come across as someone who seems very put together and that you've figured it all out. So (laughs) I think you are the epitome of act as if and you shall become. Because, you know, when I met you, it seemed as though you had this booming business and lots of people, and it was just you and Evan, but you worked as if it was a company of 50 people. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it was primarily me and Evan, and then we had other contractors that were supporting the business, but... Yeah, I mean, I have always been obsessed with delivering a really high quality experience, mm-hmm. and that doesn't matter if we have one person or if we has or if we have a team of five hundred people, or you know, if our client portfolio is, you know, five hundred million dollars in revenue, or if it's, you know, five hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Okay. Um, how did you get started, or is this going to come up in a tip? I'm just wondering, like, when you decided to jump off of the ledge and say, "I'm starting my own business." I think you've talked in other podcasts we've done about how you would work after hours, so no 
you know, double timing, but right. working after hours and on the weekends and the mornings, is that how you got started? Like, did you do a business plan? Did you get a loan? Like, what did you do? Like, how do you even so do it? Here's the thing, and I think some of this might be in our in in the tips. across some of the tips, but I think you always have to test your product or your service a little bit, right, before you just totally jump in. And so for me, that looked like, okay, is there a demand for something that for this that I think I can offer? And so I actually started, you know, I confided in Cindy, who was my mentor and who I was really, you know, shaping this decision around or mm-hmm. being inspired by, I should say. And she needed some help with some of her clients. And so before I even came up with the name of the company, before I even, it was a couple of years before that, where I started supporting her on the side Mm -hmm. just a little bit. I never sacrificed my full-time position. I was never working on other stuff during, um, during business hours. So I started to just kind of test it and kind of play around with the theory or play around with the thought of, okay, what what would this look like if I was doing this and I was doing social media for other people and I was doing SEO and blogging. And so Cindy gave me some work on the side and I really enjoyed it. Okay. And so I started doing that. I wasn't making much money from it at all, but I was just kind of getting the experience, getting some more names in my portfolio because I'd only worked for this other employer for so long. And then ultimately, I think it was, it was January of 2016. And I remember this because it's also the month that I met my now husband. (laughs) It was January 2016 when I was like, I'm doing this. And I remember it was something that set me off at work. It was kind of like this one last straw Mm -hmm. that I had with this big event that we were planning. And I went home and... I got on Vistaprint and I ordered business cards <laughs> and I still have them. And they're like black and white, like stripes with like a gold trim. Yep. And it says, you know, Carly McAllister. Um, <laughs> the name then was Nova Social Strategies Ooh. because I was living in Northern Virginia at the time and I thought like social media was going to be my specialty. And so I took that tiny little step in January of 2016 and I helped Cindy with some things during that year, but then I did not make my jump to go totally full time until November of 2017. Right. I gave my employer a six month notice. I mean, I'd been there wow. with them for so long and I really loved and respected the CEO. He was a really big mentor for me. And so I wanted to show him the same courtesy that I mean, he had invested a lot in me and, you know, it's something that I'm always grateful for, Mm -hmm. for that first opportunity out of college. And so I gave them a six month notice so that they had time to figure out how they wanted to restructure their marketing department and so that I could help set them up for success. Okay. So the business cards, did Cindy obviously not see you as competition or when you came out? Cindy was so great. And I still talk to her every once in a while. She was living in Northern Virginia at the time. And now she lives in Florida with her husband. Um, She was always great. She was always like a mentor to me. She was definitely a big part of my life um, for a long time. And then we just kind of, you know, grew apart. Life gets busy, but I still check in with her every once in a while. And she's definitely some, she probably doesn't even realize how much credit I probably that I give her for 
inspiring it's me. so interesting the people that touch our lives negatively and positively in those little blinks of an eye or things that might have turned your career around to yeah. a certain direction that's yeah. cool okay what's your second tip so tip number two piggybacks off of the first tip and that is that you do need to be realistic and I recognize the reason why I started off this interview saying that you know I was 27 I didn't have kids I recognize that it can feel a lot more scary if you're a single mom and you have children that you're providing for Mm -hmm. I recognize that I don't my perspective is of someone who did not have Sure. To me, it felt low risk to me. Right. Um, so you you need to be realistic and you have to have a plan. So taking the leap, but being calculated. So what options do you have if you don't end up hitting your revenue goals? If you're, if, you know, money isn't coming in like you thought it was. And for me, I knew that I was willing to do whatever it took. And failure for me was not an option. Like, it, it just was not, I just never allowed myself to think that. But before I took the leap, I did, you know, have conversations with myself that was like, okay, well, what am I not willing to do? What, like, what is the actual risk? And it's like, once you peel back the layers, you just find that it's not that scary. And I had so many people I remember saying to me like, oh, I could never do that. I'm, uh, oh, aren't you scared? And I was not scared at all. And that's because I had peeled back every fear and every scenario that I could possibly think of. And I had a solution for it. So if this didn't work, I could apply for many other marketing jobs. Like Mm -hmm. I was never going to be homeless or or destitute, not have... Right, like it was always figure outable and that was always the attitude that I had. And I knew that if I needed to, I would flip burgers at McDonald's, you know? Right. Like there wasn't anything I wasn't Well you're just... fearless and you seem fearless, you act fearless. I don't know that that's how everyone would be able to go through with it. But I do think the tip of the tip that you're giving us is that you could fail and you need to be prepared and have a plan. You don't just open up a shop, go lease space and say, I think I'm going to open up a yoga studio. Right, but, I, but I think you cannot go into it scared. Like, right. you, you know, have those conversations, like meditate. I was doing morning meditations. Like, so don't go into it afraid, like, but go into it knowing that if my revenue isn't where it needs to be, or if I'm not getting the clients or if my products aren't selling fast enough, know what you're willing to do to make ends meet because it is figure outable. If... If that's not working, then you need to supplement your income some other way. Did you have a savings account built up for this project? No. What? I did not. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I had the mindset that there was no other choice. Mm-hmm. Failure is not an option. And what I mean by failure is not an option isn't that, oh, the business cannot fail or it won't fail but I would do whatever I needed to do work ethic wise to to make things and you also had gotten some clients through Cindy or help so you kind of knew the clients were out there my next question is how do you find clients do you call on a bunch of people do you put your information on Instagram and, and the other thing that I would say about that too before I answer that is 
you know, you have to be willing to work the long, grueling hours to make these things happen, right. to start this. And, you know, the thing with, like, the savings account, I did not have a huge savings saved up for this at all. And, you know, it takes money to get things right. off the ground. The fortunate thing about what I do with marketing is that there's a lot of things that people have to invest in up front that cost me my time instead of money, like right. designing a website, you know, things like that. There are some things that I outsource, though, because I feel like I was just too close to it that, you know, God forbid, if I was going to be the one designing our website, I'd still be designing it because I wouldn't think <laughs> that I was totally finished with it yet, okay. you know? So there were some things there that I did outsource, but some things that I that I was able to take on myself. Your question about finding clients. So I'll tell you the week, my final week with my previous employer rolled around and at the beginning of that week, I had no clients. <gasps> and my last day was Thursday, or oh. was Friday oh my of gosh. that week. I didn't have any clients. By the end of the week, I had three. And one of them was my my previous employer. They signed on as a client. Okay. And I have photos of that. That was like the, my first like signed contract, which is, which is pretty well, cool. Well, that kind of bodes well for leaving a company in a in not leaving them in a lurch but doing it respectfully you turned around and got them as mm-hmm. a client because they knew how you know spectacular you were at your job so and so by the end of the week I had three one was them the other one was a referral it was a Irish restaurant and pub and then the third one was a yoga studio in McLean and I got them off of Thumbtack oh. I was hustling on Thumbtack what is Thumbtack so right now, so now I think in 2023, it's more of like a service-based, a lot of like home improvement mm-hmm. leads and things come through there. But back then, there was a lot of like creatives on there. And so you could upload a project and then people would like bid oh. for the work. So I was run- I was spending a little bit of money on some like ads and things like that to like pay to be able to bid and like have conversations. And so one of them panned out and... It cracks me up because I'm like, man, they got a heck of a deal. Like, we opened, like, an entire brand and yoga studio, and they are, like, killing it now to this day, like, up in Northern Virginia. And so, how much did you charge them for that? Like, $2,500. <laughs> like, a, a one-time fee of yeah. $2,500. Um, but I just always kind of felt like it would come like the leads were going yep. to come and even now i feel like our business goes through seasons mm-hmm. just like any other and it's like and you know as as the business owner as the leader it's scary sometimes right and it's like okay you know you feel the pressure of it being on your shoulders for sure there's no doubt about that but i always feel like God, the universe, whatever you believe in, like always provides. I agree. And it's funny because even when we do a lot of cold email outreach and we put the intention out there that like we're looking for more clients, we're, you know, revving up um, our business, all of a sudden leads will start coming in from other places. Exactly. It's the karma. And it is like 100% of the time that happens and it's awesome and it's crazy but it's like the practice of putting the intention out there 
and then you know receiving it back from a different from even these different is that a tip for us what thing how you uh no i think the tip is like you should always be looking for business in all kinds of avenues because you're probably not going to get it there but you'll get it somewhere else you have to i think i talked about this maybe in the last episode where you know people that i know that still work a program even when they're really successful and they probably don't really quote unquote need to work the program because Mm -hmm. you just never know when you're going to get another piece of business and where it's going to come from and i think each business is different like marketing like it's hard for a marketing agency to have it down to a science where like your pipeline's always Mm -hmm. full because there's just so many different things i mean a lot of times you know, marketing is one of the first things that gets cut when there's a budget and um, when there's budget cuts, economy setbacks, you know, all kinds of things. And I feel like there's just never really a guarantee. Like for product-based businesses, you can run promotions, you can run, you know, marketing campaigns and kind of get a baseline understanding of, okay, if I send out this email with this promo, I'm going to, you know, expect X dollars back and you can kind of figure that out and kind of know what to expect. But with marketing, I feel like it's just not as your leads and stuff. The leads just aren't as reliable as what you may be able to figure out for other industries. Like for our clients, for example, you know, I know exactly how many leads they need coming in each month. And I know exactly how to go after it and get those (laughs) leads. (laughs) But they're B to C. Most of them are B to C businesses, okay, and not B to B businesses. So business to customer versus business to business, and your business mm-hmm. to business. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. So we talk. I have a question. So we talked about resources. You said you basically had no savings. Did you have support? <laughs> you didn't. You had Evan as your boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Did he support you in helping you work late into the night? Or did you have so, other people that you actually paid money to help you? Or did you do it all on your own? No, it was all me. Oh, my gosh. It was all me 100% of the time. And so Evan was my boyfriend. Evan was my boyfriend even back in, like I said, two th- that month that I met him was, oh, sure. was the first. Okay, when you made the business card. Yes. And so he was my boyfriend when I took my previous boss out to dinner and told him that I was leaving. And I remember sitting in the car and I'm like, shaking and I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this and Evan was on the phone with me like hyping me up like preparing (laughs) me for this conversation and I went in did it so he was there for that milestone um he's really been there for all of it and uh yeah I mean he has seen it since day one right and I'll never forget though that first morning of working for myself so that Monday morning rolled around and I was working I like set up a little like workstation off to the corner the corner of the townhouse like next to the kitchen and I just had like this little desk from Target and like this little like (laughs) cheapo office chair and the two cats were there and they're like oh you know what are you doing (laughs) but you know entrepreneurship can also be a very lonely journey I was gonna ask you you know it was very lonely early on because you know, you're, and you have to be mindful of your expenses too. So at that point, I was not looking for an office. I was going to work from home. Absolutely. You know, I was not going to take on that expense. And so I was working from home. My roommates, you know, were at their job. And this was before the pandemic. So everybody's working yep, in, the, in office. the office. And it was so lonely going from being in an office environment and having like the support system around you all the time to just to being at home and working by yourself all day. And 
you have to find ways to like find your people yep. and to connect with like-minded communities and things like that, which ultimately I, I did. And I'll get to that later on. But yeah, it was lonely at first. Wow. Okay. What's your next tip? So my next tip is that you have to be kind to yourself and Ooh. you have to give yourself grace because everyone starts somewhere and you cannot compare your day one to somebody else's day 2000, you know, and especially in this day and age where social media, mm-hmm. you are seeing people's highlight reels. Right. And I know people that, you know, were posting on social media and you would think that they were killing it, like million dollar a month revenue, and then they go out of business. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's just like a shocking reminder that social media is not real. Right. You know, and you cannot compare yourself to other people. You, you should not. But I also feel... Like, I can remember how overwhelmed I once felt about, like, how am I going to figure out my insurance? What about taxes? Like, all these things that I didn't know. And, but you figure it out. Like, you just jump in and you figure it out because you have to. But, you know, don't be, don't get down on yourself and don't start the negative self-talk where it's like, oh, I'm so stupid. I don't know how to do my insurance or find my insurance. And, you know, what am I going to do about taxes? Like, when you don't know something, you'll figure it out. And, you know, even like something like not hitting your revenue goals or, you know, a milestone that you wanted to really shoot for, like give yourself some grace and be kind to yourself and just always show up as your number one fan. So let's get back to goals. When, before you started the business, did you have a business plan that you developed? So I had a marketing strategy and yeah, and business plan. So your business plan would have like month one, get one client or three clients, month two, six clients and revenue. Like what are some goals when you're starting out as a business owner that can be realistic, but also challenging? For myself, my bare minimum was to make what I was making in my previous position. Okay. Like, so before I started, I had mapped out my my bare minimum to Living be able expenses. to live, yep. you know, and, and the bills and what I needed at a bare minimum. Um, I mapped out what it would look like, you know, from to meet my salary. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, anything else above that on for year one was great. Okay. You know, like I was not worried about going in and just and going gangbusters and you know a million dollars in revenue year one I wanted to ease into it I always have wanted to provide a really high quality experience for our clients and not outpace ourselves to where my quality of work is being sacrificed because we have so many clients so I've always been really intentional about that and I also feel like we've talked about this too which is when you focus on the client, the money comes in. If you focus on the money, the clients go out. Mm-hmm. And one of my tips in here too is it has to always be about something bigger than the money. Right. Because if it's only about the money, that motivation will not last and you will not be fulfilled. Okay. So we've talked, so that's business plan. It wasn't some like 10 page deck, it was just something simple. Yeah. And you don't have to overwhelm yourself with like, if you Google like, what do I do to start a business? And it's like, oh, you need a business plan and you need this and this. Be realistic and find what works for you. Like for me, like I said, I knew what my bare minimum was to live 
and I knew like what I needed to meet my salary and that would be great and then anything extra was great. Right. I didn't have a ton of overhead though because right. I, I had my laptop, I had my program, you know, my software that I was paying for, my Wi-Fi, my phone bill, you know, things like that. But fortunately for the nature of my business, I didn't have a, a ton of overhead that I needed, you know, a huge sum, sum of money to sure. have up front. I did have a credit card though. And I will say over like the course of that first year, you know, I put like $9,000 on that credit card, but that was like the extent of having any sort of like loan okay was my credit card and it sounds like you made enough money to pay that credit card off Mm -hmm. so that segues in another question did you get into any kind of debt scenario that you wish you hadn't but it doesn't sound like that actually there is and i'll be totally honest because i think that this is an important thing um and that is the tax situation oh and so it is challenging when you are like that first year i wish that i could have put back more taxes more money for taxes than what i was able to put back and that's just because the nature of the beast like i really needed every penny that was coming in Mm -hmm. to put back into the business or to to survive off of you know like i didn't have I wasn't able to put, you know, 30% of every paycheck back Oh, for I Uncle see what you're saying. Sam. So when someone sent you a re- like a check for the business, right, paying you, you didn't take 30% off and stick it in right. the bank account for paying taxes when they were Correct. due. Correct. I would Correct. think though in your first year you could write everything off. <sighs> you would think. <laughs> <laughs> but that was something that and now I've gotten much much better about that, but that was something that was stressful yeah. and you know, so that would be a tip, like if you are able to, but I, but that's a perfect situation. You know, the perfect scenario is to say, you know, put 30% back of every check, you know, back. But the reality is that when you're in year one and year two, you need all of that, all money. Of that money. Yeah, I have a, a friend of a friend that went from working for a company to contracting and he did not pay any taxes. And several years later, the IRS found him. Mm-hmm. And he was in big Uncle trouble. Uncle Sam will always yeah, find you... you and get your money. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, so ready for yes, the next Yes, I'm ready tip? for the next one. Okay, so this next tip is to surround yourself with the people who have the life or the business that you want to have. Ooh. And, you know, keep your eyes wide open for these opportunities and they will appear. Do not be the smartest person in the room. You you can seek out ways to surround yourself with these like-minded people mm-hmm. or people who have the life that you want. Um, and, you know, I, what I did is I sought out online business coaching. Oh. And have you heard of Rachel Hollis? Yes. So this we was talked about during, her on the on the book. I think on the book episode. This was back during when Girl Wash Your Face yes. was you know going gangbusters and. She um, pivoted and started doing life and business coaching, and I invested in it. It was a little bit of a splurge, and uh, what was it? How much was it? Twelve hundred dollars? No, it was something like uh, I think it probably ended up being like three fifty a month. I did like the monthly payments okay. so just so that I didn't have to, you know, fork up a huge sum all at once. Um, and actually, hang on, I want to go back and say something too. You asked me about. Evan and about if anybody had helped, you know, put money into the business. I will never forget there was this course that I wanted to take and it was with um, this girl, Mandy, and it was about using LinkedIn to grow your business. 
and I didn't really have any money to be able to afford it. And Evan gave me the money <gasps> to pay for the course. And was it worthwhile? And yeah, I learned a lot. And, you know, we have gotten leads from LinkedIn and it was just such a sweet gesture of support mm-hmm. and love, though, for him to do that. And I'll never forget that. And I remember saying, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be able to pay you back. And um, <laughs> I remember it was kind of like a, you know, I believe in you. I believe in this. Don't worry about it type thing. And that was back in uh, 2017. Gosh, I could like get emotional, like remembering so that. Nice. So anyway, um, back to finding your people and surrounding yourself with the right type of people. I did business and life coaching in 2018, and 2018 was a really, really tough year for me personally for a lot of different reasons, and that was really kind of a lifeline for me. And so I think if you have your eyes open for these opportunities to surround yourself with, you know, these types of people, it'll just kind of appear. But I also would add to this, like, be careful of who has access to you. Like, you may lose some friends because you're not going out on Friday and Saturday nights now. You're at home working on your business. And even more importantly than that, do not surround yourself with people who are negative and don't believe in you and, you know, place unnecessary doubt in your head about what you're doing. Amen, sister. That's for everybody in every situation. Yeah. But it truly is a factor because you have someone that's kind of saying, well, that's not going to really work or... That seems really hard. Imposter syndrome is real. And a lot of us entrepreneurs have it enough. We have enough doubt without anybody else having to put any in our head. So that is definitely a big tip that I would share. Okay. So like-minded people, I'm thinking of like networking groups, which you're really talking about family and friends who can support you in your endeavor. Yeah, or just anybody. Like, there's there were a couple of people that was just negative that I just, like, had to cut out of my life Ugh. that just was, like, if I just, if I was hanging out with those people and, you know, putting my energy there, it was just not a good use of my energy. Yep, okay. Um, timing for growth. I mean, I know you had a business plan that was kind of loose and you had goals, but, like, in your mind, did you want to be at a certain level in five years? And, and now you're here, have you made it? Well, no, I've never made it um, because my goals are well, right. too you big for me to ever but five say years that ago, I've made do it. you think this is where you would be? Or have you exceeded that goal from what you thought? No, I probably would have wanted myself to be even bigger than what I am now. Oh, honestly. really? Um, yeah, I think so. I think, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty in the last two years. Sure. I will say, you know, one thing that I am incredibly proud of Uh-oh. is that we maintain 100% client retention during the pandemic. Okay. And, you know, there were other agency owners that I knew of that clients were dropping like flies. And I was so proud and honored that our client base did not have, you know, any doubt in us being along for this, you know, period of uncertainty. Nobody knew what was going to, what was going to happen. Um, you know, when COVID started. And so that is one thing that I'm so proud of because I think that speaks to the level of service that we provide, how relationship-based we mm-hmm. are. I was we're much ask you, more, why do you think that happened? We're much more relationship-based than transactional. And a lot of the agencies 
that, you know, were losing a lot of clients at the time. They were much more like transactional type clients. Mm -hmm. Whereas like we are really, we get in deep with our clients. Like we, our team really cares about our clients. And, and that's just not something that we just have on our website. Like we obsess over exceeding your expectations of providing you with a really great service. And I think that that comes through in our interactions and people know that it's genuine. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that was probably why they, you know, they felt like they could count on us during this time of uncertainty. Okay. That's, I was going to ask you what you're most proud of. So I might ask you some other questions because you may have other things you're, um, you're very proud of in your marketing career. Um, You want to do a tip and then I'll ask you another question? Sure. So my other tip, and this one is pretty, and we kind of touched on it, but be ready to work hard. If you are, if you wake up one day and say, hey, I want to start a business and work for myself because I want to be in charge of my own schedule and, you know, I want to take vacation whenever I want (laughs) this, like... You're in for a rude awakening because being your own boss is going to be one of the hardest jobs that you have. And, um, you know, there's a lot that I could say about that, but there are no shortcuts or secret sauce to quick success. Like, you know, like you said, I was working um, around the clock. I mean, I I was expanding my capacity in ways and learning new services and learning how to do things myself that I didn't know how to do when I started out, like building a website. Like I can do that. I don't do that now because we have a team that's better at it than I am. And, you know, they're able to deliver really great projects, but I was working around the clock. And like I said earlier, my mentality was I'll do whatever it takes. Um, And that's just been something that I've always maintained when you went to college you didn't learn about how to do tiktok because it wasn't even around then so how do you learn about Instagram wasn't even around right so you had to teach yourself there's no course right oh i but i have always i have never let myself not knowing how to do something stop me i am self-taught in photoshop and all the adobe suite all of that you're mm self-taught i just call carly when i need help (laughs) posting instagram i don't self-teach myself yeah so you know i feel like there was also a lot that was very kind of like serendipitous mm-hmm. in my life when I was starting my business. Like I remember um, like in the months leading up to me starting, I remember like even having a conversation with like some random woman at HMR, HMR, H&R, yes. H&R Block. H&R. Uh, and I guess she wasn't too random because she was doing my taxes. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she was talking because that year I had a little bit of business expenses, you know, and then plus my W-2 stuff. And she was, we were just talking and I said, yeah, I'm starting my business. And she was like, wow, like, I, I feel like you're going to do so well. Aww. And it was like, there was multiple times that stuff like that had happened that I felt like it was just the universe, yeah. like pushing me along to yeah. continue forward. Um, so that was really cool, but you know, I, I will never downplay the work and the hours, you know, the blood, sweat and tears that goes into it. Well, Meryl had said that they didn't travel for years because they couldn't be together away from the business. What about you and Evan? Do you take vacations? So that's one of my tips on here. You want me to jump into that? Sure. Um, the tip is to make time for play and vacations because no I did not uh I would say 
um, from when I started in November 2017 up until the year that we got married in 2021, that was the first time that I had taken an actual like decent. Did you take a honeymoon? No. Have you ever? You haven't been on your honeymoon yet. Mm -mm. Okay, so that weekend of getting (laughs) married. Well, so we yeah, so we got married in the Outer Banks, and we were there a full week. Okay. Um, Yeah. And, and then, you know, we um, have like bachelor, bachelorette parties, you know, things like that. And so that was the most time off, though, that I had taken. In four years. Yes. I don't think I took a single, yeah, I mean, I think I went to the beach in 2018 with a group of friends for a couple of days, but 2019, 2020, 2021, like it was all, all work, not enough play. Okay. So your tip is you have to find time carve out time for play especially if you have family yeah and you can't pour from an empty cup you know and especially if you're a mom and you have a family and all these things like I I mean I can't imagine you know trying to do that and tackle all that yeah it is daunting um I would love to hear some client stories but I feel like that might be better suited for the end of the program Okay. So if you want to go on with a tip. Yeah. So my next tip is to always be coachable and willing to learn. So do not go into a conversation or a situation, a room, a meeting, and think that you have it all figured out, that you have the answers. I truly believe that if you have a grateful heart if you work hard and if you're coachable, there's nothing that you cannot accomplish. Like those are kind of like my three core things. Um, And I think, you know, if you go into a room or a situation where, you know, you think you have all the answers, you're, you're missing, it's unfortunate for you because you're missing out on so much knowledge and, Mm -hmm. you know, learning from other people. And I've seen it before. I've seen it with people and other business owners and even you know, people that aren't business owners. And I'm just like, man, that's such a shame because they could really take it to the next level if they could just be open to, you know, being coachable. But on the other side of that, I will also say, be very careful who you take advice from. I was going to say that too. And whose opinion you value. So make sure that it's coming from the man in the arena. And... What does that mean? So Brene Brown... And Daring Greatly uh-huh. is actually inspired by the man in the arena. So the man in the arena is someone who is heavily involved in a situation that requires courage, skill, as opposed to someone who's sitting on the sidelines and just watching. Got it. And giving their feedback about something. Yep. So this actually comes from um, a speech from Teddy Roosevelt. And he- here is... Here's what it says. Ready? Okay, I'm ready. Do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? You Here, can... you read it. I've talked enough. Is this the whole speech? Yep, read okay, it. It's citizenship so in a republic. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. Hmm. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does exactly, oh, excuse me, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best 
knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither knew victory nor defeat. I love this and we talk about this in my company that if you haven't done the job and asked for the order, it's really interesting for the people that make comments or have opinions. Like I think you've got to be in the ring to understand. You have to be in the arena. Yeah. And I mean, I get like chills. Like I could, I could have like teared up just like listening to you read that (laughs) because I just, um, I just like really like live and breathe this stuff. Like it's not just me talking about it. Like it really does hit me in the heart. So someone like Cindy, you'll take advice from a Cindy but you won't take advice for some person running a different kind of business that says you should do this. Or some hater on social media yeah. that says, oh, well, that logo, here's what I would have done differently. Oh, like, yeah. You know, or like, or or anybody's opinion. Like, let's say Joe Schmo said, oh, well, that logo, I would have chosen different colors. Oh, would you, Joe Schmo? <laughs> are you a designer? Like, are you, you know, like, oh, you're not, you, you're an IT person that doesn't know anything about color psychology? You know, things like that where like, and it's true because opinions are like, yeah, everybody has them. <laughs> so um, that I think it's, I think being careful about who you take your advice from and whose opinion you value is, is equally important, is as equally important, if not more. Well, so when I get opinions from people, sometimes even if they're valid and I respect the person, I still do what I want to do. I shouldn't say sometimes, most of the time. (laughs) You're strong-willed. I am. Um, But also sometimes opinions from people that you don't think you should be listening to, they get in your head. Well, and I think, too, when you're in the beginning stages of starting a business, you're very impressionable. You want to please. You're hoping to do a good job. You want this to exceed. You're in a very vulnerable headspace. Mm -hmm. And so one comment from a negative Nancy, whose opinion really shouldn't matter, can really throw you off. You know, and so I think being in the headspace and and also for younger entrepreneurs too, like if you're starting out at a younger age, and I mean, there's plenty of entrepreneurs who start out even younger than I did. Right. And, you know, if you don't tune that out, I can definitely see, and especially now with TikTok and all these ways that you can promote your business, I mean, you can get some really you know, nasty comments. I've heard that Instagram is the nice place and TikTok's the mean place. Is that true? People are mean on TikTok and and nicer on Instagram? You know, I think there's a-holes everywhere. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's, I think, I think people kind of put themselves out there more on TikTok, you know, especially, you know, with dancing and body image and things like that. And so I think, maybe people think that it's okay because people are putting themselves out there more, but you know, it's never okay. Right. Um, what's your next tip? All right. So my next tip is to, and this, you know, this might seem obvious, but I feel like it's a good reminder for people. Take complete advantage of all of the knowledge that already exists. So instead of sitting on the couch and watching Netflix, read a book that inspires you. There is a book about every single topic, anything that you can think of that you don't know how to do or something that you want to learn about, it exists. Learn from the people who have gone before you and left behind, you know, this wealth of knowledge. Like, it's just, 
I feel like it is just so untapped for so many people or they don't make time for it or, you know, whatever. If reading isn't your thing, listen to an audiobook. You know, there's different ways to consume um, that information now. So you don't watch any Netflix? You are always learning? Oh, no, I, I watch uh, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> but I think then, you know, there are... I just got so involved in the hustle then that I wish I would have taken more time to maybe like read some of these like because there's some books that I've read now here recently where I'm like man I wish I would have got my hands on that sure earlier I do think we waste a lot of time as a culture I was thinking the other day I listened to only podcasts in the car or audiobooks and I used to listen to music and I remember the music would just repeat itself and you hear the same song like seven times a day and you think that's so dumbing your brain down and now mm-hmm. we have these outlets to listen to things where we can always be learning mm-hmm. and I just think that's so type slay yeah and I think it can be a fine line like I said you know make time for play because I can overdo it on the personal and professional development mm-hmm. for sure and you know I I will go down this rabbit hole of like reading professional professional <laughs> <laughs> professional and personal development books and then it's like, I need a refresh. Like no, I'm not yeah, touching ne- one for two, three months. You like, need I'm to do read- my rotation. You do a pleasure book, not oh. not Clint, <laughs> um, but just something that's like a Reese Witherspoon book club book. And then you yes. do a business book, and then maybe you do a personal development yes. book, and then you go back around the rotation. Yeah, and I started doing that last year, yeah. and that's really helped. Yeah. And it's funny though because I will start you know, one of the, Colleen Hoover, I love her. She's kind of like a guilty pleasure for me. I will start one of her books and then I will get so into it, Jane. I'm like, I got to finish this right. I got to finish it right now. And I will like breeze through it in like 24 hours. And I'm like, I think my mind is just so hungry for like yeah. something other than work. Work. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's a great um, tip too, to make sure that you have balance. Yes. <laughs> Balance, Sometimes if I read sure. too many business books, I not only, they all run together and I get confused. Really? So I'm like, uh. You know, my other tip for with reading is make sure that you are um, taking notes. Oh, yeah, I know. And highlighting. I have a, I have a notebook where like I actually do write down my notes. Because otherwise, I feel like with my ADHD brain. Oh, that is so true. Sometimes it goes through one ear and right out the other and I'm like, did I just read what was on this page or? <laughs> um, or when people can quote books and I'm thinking I can't quote it because yeah. I have ADHD. So I know I read it there, but I don't yeah, know what exactly. And if you know it... you have that, then like take the time to highlight yep. things, write the notes down. Yep. And then, you know, you can always pick up that book and flip through it and do a refresher. You know, the um, How to Win Friends and Influence mm-hmm. People by Dale Carnegie. That is one that I highlighted to high heavens. And that is one that I will definitely go back, you know, and flip through. Okay. What's another tip? I don't even know how many tips you have. You had... All right. So I think I have two more left. Okay. And then we'll get into some client stories. So, all right. This tip here, market your business. What? Do not be afraid to market your business. I would think that's like not a tip. That's just normal. People don't market the business they've started. Jane, did you market the Type Slate podcast no. when you started? <laughs> Exactly. So some people can feel really timid or embarrassed or, you know, for whatever reason, they don't want to share their Facebook page. And I'm saying, go for it. Do it. You will be surprised at how many people, including internet strangers, that want to support you and like cheer you on or like 
give you a recommendation or maybe they know somebody that they can connect you with and then you have like these great relationships that are forming. So don't feel nervous or embarrassed. Like you have to share this unique genius with the world. So just just do it. Okay. You know, like Nike has the best slogan ever. And everything does not have to be perfect. None of your favorite brands were perfect when they first launched. I was apparently Nova Social Strategies for about six months. Then I launched the company as Fishpond Media. Then we rebranded as Bell Ray Marketing. And then we also polished off our color palette again last year right. until we landed on something that was right. And so I think sometimes, especially the perfectionists in us, get really hung up on like, well, it's not perfect. I can't share it yet. Or, oh, you know, yeah, making excuses yep. to not do it. So, you know, kind of get out of your head and just do it. Who cares what people think, right? Oh, that's what Meryl says. That's right. <laughs> I would also say when you're marketing in the beginning, don't get caught up in feeling like you have to be doing everything all at once. And you know, it, I feel like it can be really overwhelming, especially with social media, because it's like, oh my God, do I need to have a TikTok? I definitely need an Instagram. Do I need to be blogging? Right. Do I need a website? What about my logo? And I feel like the best tip that I would give people from a marketing professional is to prioritize where your ideal clients are spending their time. If you are a um, B2B company, prioritize LinkedIn right. over Instagram and TikTok and definitely over TikTok. If you are a business to consumer and you know your demographic is Gen Z, prioritize TikTok over Facebook. You know like so be strategic because the reality is that we only have so much time in a day. So you have to drill down and think about okay, where is my ideal audience spending their time? Mm -hmm. And that's where you want to invest your time. And has your demographic or market changed over your over the five years that you've been in business? Like our ideal audience mm -hmm. or where they're spending their time? Or have or did you make some mistakes about that? Did you start spending all your time on Instagram and realize you weren't getting clients, so you switched back over to LinkedIn? No, I was probably the opposite. And it's kind of, it's so ironic because it's like the cobbler's son has no shoes mm -hmm. type thing for us because we came out of the gate with a lot of like referrals and word of mouth business. Which a, which a lot of other entrepreneurs probably do as well. And so it took us a while for me to prioritize our marketing because oh. I was so obsessed with the client experience right. and really honing in on that. And so you have to have a good product or service, or service. Marketing is not going to fix a bad client experience, a bad product, or a bad service. Like those pants I got on Instagram. <laughs> And, you know, that's the reality of it. Like, it's it's not going to. You no. have to have that in place first. And then, you know, then you can really focus in on your marketing. But if you're, you know, if, if social media is important to you and you like doing it and you're a business owner, just prioritize because there's only so much time in a day. And so you can't be on Facebook, LinkedIn, mm -mm. Twitter, you know, Google my, my business, God. also learning how to do SEO. You know, what you is SEO? You said that earlier. I don't even know that is. Search engine optimization. Okay. So I how think... you're ranking on Google. And how do you figure that out? Or how do you get... You, just, you hire somebody like Bell Ray Marketing. See, you keep all these secrets, <laughs> so I can't do this stuff myself. But I can figure it out. I just don't want to. I will teach you. I um, Let's get back to the Type Slave podcast. So if my Instagram, my personal Instagram is private, 
then really, I can't really market the Type Slay podcast. We have to do it through the Type Slay podcast, but we don't have a lot of followers. So how do you market it out there? Well, you can definitely market it to your existing followers. Right. And, you know, just make sure that you're tagging Type Slay in there. I mean, there's a million things we could do for Type Slay. Okay. So like setting up a website, having an email list. Like I would love to have an email list where we can email people and say like, hey, you know, new episode out. Right. You know, but for us, you know, we would need to look at also Spotify and Apple platforms and kind of figure out like the best optimization strategies within those platforms. Like definitely reviews, <clears throat> if anybody wants to give us a <laughs> review say, or a recommendation. Um, that, you know, would help us ranking there. Okay. Um, okay, so before we wrap up, I wanted you to tell us some client stories. And I have a question. Uh, what? Who is your worst client? Or tell me a story about your worst client and then a, a story about your best client. Oh, wow. Um, hang on. I, I actually have like one more tip Oops, here okay. though, that I think I need to hop in on and then we can come back to that. Okay. So my final tip, I touched on this earlier. Do not compare your day one to someone else's day 2000. So you already did that one. Right. But there was oh, more sorry. to it than that. So my background on my computer, my second year in business said comparison is the theft of joy. Ooh. And I think, like I said, in this day and age with social media, it's so much, it's so easy to compare ourselves and to fall into that comparison trap. And, you know, you have to just kind of tune all that out and kind of keep your head down and stay focused and committed to doing the work. So, you know, comparing yourself to other people, you might look at it and say, oh, well, there's already 5 million marketing companies out there. Why should I start one? Mm -hmm. What's so unique about, about what I can offer? Or this product already exists or this, you're going to be hard pressed to find something that doesn't exist. And then, you know, you're probably, you're sitting on a, on a gold mine, you know, when you do, but you have to do it anyway because nobody's going to be able to do it like you can regardless you know like that is your own unique special genius that you are sharing with the world and you just have to go for it but it has to be something that you are passionate about it cannot be about the money so this ties into what we talked about earlier if you are motivated by the money sure money's great okay nobody's denying that we all want to make a lot of money great I don't wake up every morning excited to make money today. Right. You know, and nobody on our team wakes up like that. Right. We wake up ready to serve, ready to make a positive impact on our clients' lives that day. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what matters. It always has to be more than just making money because that motivation is not going to keep you going, especially when times get hard and things get rough. Sure. So that was my final tip. I like I, it. I had a note, bonus, save for taxes as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I pro- it probably is hard to do. And you have to be very disciplined about every dollar peeling off 30 cents and sticking it in a bank account to wait. I know that, um, you know, my father's old adage is, you know, why would I give it to the government now when I can keep it to make money off that money to make even more money? Mm-hmm. So we always defer and and pay the taxes at the later date but I'm always just like in my mind in my conservative mind I'm like I just want to give it to them so it's done and mm-hmm. it won't be like tempting for me to spend it yeah. so I know that's a hard hard lesson one to learn. tip for me that helped was opening up a separate 
bank account. Mm-hmm. So that way, when any payment comes through, I just transfer 30% and it's Oh, that's so boom, smart. Gone. Yep. And so it's not even in that account. It's in a separate account that I don't even see every it's day. To pay, to pay, pay and taxes. And then it's there. Okay. Yeah. So that's definitely a tip. So worst client story. Do you have a client that hit on you? Do you have a client that was like creepy? I mean, I, we had a client who, um, no, nothing ever like that. And any of our clients that we have ended, I would say 99% of any client relationships that we've ended, it has been on good terms. And they are now at a point where they are building their internal team mm-hmm. and we've supported them. Okay. You know, we have really above industry average client retention. Our clients are with us for many, many years. And that's also, you know, you asked me about something that I'm proud of and it would definitely be that too. You know, I there, I did have a client... Uh, who was just lacked emotional intelligence. And this was somebody that I'd worked with for a really long time with my previous employer. And, you know, I had sat in a conference room with him and he was cussing and pointing a finger and like, you know, huffing and puffing and like his face is red and he's because he's you know so mad about something and the thing that he was mad about had to do with this other consultant that he had brought in and we just both happened to be in the room together and so we were both kind of getting the smackdown. and it was I think that was definitely a pivotal moment so you so back to firing clients have you fired a client before parted ways or you just ended the contract and didn't renew it or so there's been a couple and it's been kind of like that like mm-hmm. I just don't push to renew the contract or um because and you know as we've grown now there's definitely things that I look at and realize and can identify this person's going to be a good fit for us for us or this person is not right and so fortunately you know we're at the stage of our business now where we can be more selective sure. whereas back then I feel like we were taking anyone and everyone because of course yeah so best client besides me best client story (laughs) you're the best client story because look at where we are now (laughs) um gosh I don't know there's been a lot of like milestones like I think of one and I don't think this is maybe a best client but a story that I think is cool is the devil's lettuce up here the vegetarian or vegan it's a vegan it's not vegetarian Mm -hmm. vegan Mm -hmm. restaurant and they're you help them with their branding and their logo and, the and it's naming, so cute everything. and the naming they took my mm-hmm. name um <laughs> and i just think that's a cool story because it shows to me that you will work with small clients and really help them like the yoga studio in northern virginia mm-hmm. and then also large clients like me that's kind of this behemoth of i don't know what i'm doing and just <laughs> do everything for me and help me yeah i mean there we celebrate our clients milestones as if they were our own. Yeah. Like truly, I love to see our clients succeed. I get so excited for them. Um, one of our clients now, we started working with her last year and she's just like the great example. She's a She is just like this picture perfect entrepreneur. She's a picture perfect client and just stellar human being in general. And she hired us last year to do her branding and she already had a name in place and she hired us to do her branding then she hired us to do a brand photo shoot then she hired us to do her website 
now she's hired us to do her email marketing and her social media and she is so coachable and just open to recommendations and it is a perfect example of of how we are set up to serve people like that like to be a true full service offering mm-hmm. and it's just such a great example of like how a client can move through our services and have a really nice level of cohesiveness yep. through all of those different elements because it's all taken care of by the same strategic creative team. I agree. It's been a wonderful experience for Innsbruck. Um, well, to wrap it up, <laughs> you've given us lots of tips. I think the one the one that sticks out in my mind is trust your knowing. I love that quote or that saying. Um, and also, it will never be perfect. You just got to mm-hmm. do it. So I just appreciate learning so much from you. Well, thank you. I mean, I there is a lot more to learn, and I can't wait to see, uh, you know, what all I would have to say in the next five years and, you know, where we're at then. I know. And I also think for our listeners, if you are interested in starting a business or you have a side hustle and you want to comment um, on our Instagram page, give us some tips, what's worked for you, maybe ask Carly some questions. We welcome that. Yeah, I would love that. And you know, like I said earlier, gratitude goes a long way. And the other thing that I would mention is don't forget to look back at your accomplishments. You know, you get, I got so caught up in the day to day and like, what's next, what's next, what's next. And when I like look through what my goals were and see how much I've accomplished, like, it's like, man, I'm doing it, you know? And so I, I would definitely recommend people you know, keep track of their accomplishments so that they can look back on that. Did you have a five-year anniversary party? I did not. Um, we were planning a holiday party for uh, one of our clients back then. <laughs> <laughs> I monopolize the situation as per usual. Um, well, it's never too late to celebrate. That's right. All right. Well, everyone, I hope you have a wonderful week. Yeah, Until I hope next this was time. helpful. And like Jane said, feel free to drop us a question on Instagram. Send me a personal DM or an email. I'm happy to answer any questions and, you know, fully support any new entrepreneurs and business owners on All their right. journey. Go type slay. We're so excited to bring you new episodes, special guests, and share real life advice to help you slay it. 